0: Hey, this is Nate with Purity for Life. Today we're going to get into a new series that we're calling Refined as Silver. In this five-part mini-series for wives, we're going to talk to women who have passed through the fires of betrayal and who have come out on the other side to tell a very surprising story.
1: Jesus is your answer, not has some answers. He is the answer. It is him, himself. We ask the Lord, please give us strength. Well, what we're looking for is to to have a little bit of strength, but Jesus wants to be your strength. He wants to be your hope. He wants to be your redemption.
0: They'll share their successes and failures, their battles and struggles, but most importantly, they'll show you how God used this fiery trial to fashion in them what they never expected, the beauty of forgiveness, the loveliness of submission the purity of selfless love.
1: You have to cultivate the spirit of forgiveness, a humble heart, a thankful heart, a heart of gratitude, a prayerful spirit. You have to cultivate those things. So we're growing up into Christ, into the full measure and full stature of who he is. He is the
0: model. Thanks for joining us again on Purity for Life the show that takes you where real life meets real Christianity as we tackle the tough issues for those struggling with sexual sin. A few months ago, we were right in the middle of our series for husbands and a friend texted me and said that he and his wife were really being blessed by that series. And so then he suggested that we do something for wives next because he and his wife have a ministry to women. So here we are. And I was talking with Kathy Gallagher and she recommended that we call this series Refined as Silver because the truth is... When your husband is unfaithful to you, that is a very, very fiery trial. And so our prayer is that as you hear from women who have been where you are, you will see that God has a deep purpose in the midst of your pain and that you'll find the grace and the strength to yield to his loving hand. We're going to start off this series by talking with Kathy Gallagher about what it means to be and to become a biblical wife even when your context is far from perfect. A few months ago, we did a series of five episodes for husbands, and we were talking about what it looked like to do the hard work of becoming a godly husband, which is hard as it is, but it's even more difficult when you've plunged yourself into a life of sexual sin. So we asked these men about their struggles and their failures and about— what it took for them to begin to model the love and faithfulness of Jesus in their marriage. And as we were releasing these episodes, we heard from somebody who said they'd love to hear a follow-up series for wives. So here we are. In this series, we're going to talk to women who have had to learn how to be a godly wife in the aftermath of their husband's sexual sin— I think you're going to find it really easy to relate to them because this isn't theory to them, it's experience that's gained in long, hard battles with the pain of real life. So we'll start with Kathy Gallagher. She's the co-founder of Pure Life Ministries, the executive vice president, and the author of When His Secret Sin Breaks Your Heart. She's been counseling wives for decades through the Pure Life Ministries Wives program, ministering to hundreds of women as they navigate the crisis and the fallout of a husband's sexual sin. Kathy, thanks for coming in.
1: Thanks for having me. It's good to be here.
0: (laughs) I want to start off by trying to give wives a sense of what it means to be a godly wife in general. When you look at what the Word of God says about the role of a wife, what do you see?
1: Well, to be honest with you, not very much. There is not a lot in the Bible that is real specific to women, um, to wives, Mm -hmm. I should say. Um, Actually, to be honest with you, I did a a search. Mm -hmm. There are 11 mentions in the New Testament of wives. So there's not a lot there. Um, And those verses are mostly all about respect and submission. Hmm. So yeah, a lot of problems have come out of those two topics yeah, yeah, like it's people just topics. yeah people just narrow in on those two things and that's basically all it says about wives but that's not yeah I don't think that that's exactly the way it should be taken mm. um, you could also add in Proverbs 31 as a model of a godly wife which is really a wonderful model mm-hmm. um, I think all of us sincere-hearted women see that as a, a template. That is very hard to attain to. (laughs) Um, They're important. Those verses are very important, and the whole theme of submission and obedience is very important. But you can't just limit being a wife to a few scriptures. If you really pay attention, there is so much in the New Testament (laughs) about suffering, and there is so much in the New Testament about how to live your life in a persecuted culture. So those things really stand out, but the whole idea of the wife thing is not a big deal. It is a big deal, but I think that we need to look at the whole New Testament as women to see what God expects of us. What is he looking at as we face this crisis that we are faced with?
0: Yeah, I I think that's really helpful because it just puts the focus where it needs to be. One, I think you're saying that if a wife just goes to the Bible to find out, what does God say about me being a good wife? Then she's going to miss a ton Mm -hmm. that the Bible simply says about becoming conformed to the image of of Jesus.
1: Yeah. And he's working his image into us through every circumstance. It's Mm -hmm. not like sexual sin— is the game changer. I mean, it is like it is the mm-hmm. game changer and there's no easy way to work your way through that. But again, you won't find a real specific pathway in the Bible how to overcome other than repentance, forgiveness. I mean, there's that's what I'm saying. It's like the whole New Testament is written to believers how to live a life that's pleasing to God. Right, right. So, um, yeah,
0: that's good. It's not like an FAQ thing.
1: Right. It's definitely (laughs) not a good way to put it, because I think a lot of us, we go hunting and Uh pecking. So trying to teach the Bible to young women, we have to be Mm deprogrammed, basically. I I really think that that needs to happen for a lot of people. We have to be deprogrammed because we have been taught to hunt and peck for verses and encouraging things. That is not the way the Bible was written, and that is not Mm. what its intended purpose is for. That is not what it's for. So, And I don't mean to turn this into a podcast on the Bible, but to me this is like the crux of why so many women have more struggles going through this, becoming a godly wife, than they need to have because they've not understood the Word of God properly.
0: Yeah, in the Instagram age, you know, it's just— You know, you can only fit so much on one little picture, so we got to find those, what we call nuggets, Ugh, you know. But it me. yeah, it's it's really tearing apart the preciousness of the Word of God to provide some kind of like um, right now emotional response yeah, in a lot of ways.
1: Is, definitely that is what it's all about is the emotional response and, and helping to somebody pull themselves up by the bootstrings with one verse. And I just so strongly disagree with that. I mean, I don't— I've never been like that. I've never went to the Bible looking for a verse, but I think that's what a lot of women do. They just so they they're not understanding the whole counsel of the word of God and the preciousness of his word is revealing who God is, but you don't get that in one sitting. It's a lifetime. I've been walking with the Lord 42 years, and I feel like I'm barely, not even barely, scratching the surface. Mm. And the longer I go, the deeper I go, the The more I look at the Word of God through the lens of, I want to know Him. That is what's becoming more real to me, is that He wants to reveal Himself to me through His Word. And that is where my hope is going to come from, not a put-together marriage. That would be awesome. And that is what we hope for. I mean, that's the whole point of Pure Life Ministries in a certain way is to see people's lives rescued and redeemed and brought back to the Lord. But the bigger issue to me always has been that Jesus is your answer, not has some answers. He Mm. is the answer. It is him himself. Okay, here's an example of that. We ask the Lord, please give us strength. Well, yeah. what we're looking for is to, to have a little bit of strength, but Jesus wants to be your strength. He wants to be your hope. He wants to be your redemption and all of that. So,
0: mm-hmm. Well, this stuff is really good. I actually didn't foresee you talking about Bible study, but since we're taking a little bit of a rabbit trail, why don't you talk about prayer as well?
1: Prayer is so Important. I can't say it long enough or loud enough how important it is to pray, and I don't mean throwing up these 10-second, Jesus, please help me, Lord, Mm -hmm. I need help today. I'm talking about getting in your prayer closet and pulling heaven down to earth, that kind of praying. And you just have to do that out of desperation. You learn how to pray that way, and you can go through Psalm 119 and pray with your heart and not just your mouth. And learn how to touch heaven. That is a godly woman who will just by faith get into her prayer closet in that secret place of the Most High and intercede not just for yourself and your children, but for your husband. He's in the battle of his life. But, man, we miss this stuff. We get so mad at him for wrecking everything. Mm -hmm. But that is selflessness. Just putting your own needs aside. Mm You gain through a prayer life a spirit of understanding and of wisdom. And that comes from spending time in the presence of the Lord. And I I tell you, I learned a lot through my prayer life. My prayer life showed me, the scriptures showed me this, but I took those scriptures and I started praying against the enemy. Mm. And things just opened up to me spiritually spiritually when I would pray against the enemy, because I knew that the Spirit of God was with me, helping me to pray that way, because I can't do that. It's not it's not natural, you know, to pray against the enemy in the Spirit of God. But so much opened up to me about the real, what's really going on, what we're really up against. And I feel like an infant in it, but I want to know, and I want God to show it to me. And I think that Yeah, to be a godly wife, a wife that can be helpful to her husband, is a praying wife. And I don't mean just, Jesus, save me from this mess, but save him, Mm -hmm. rescue him, bring him out of the darkness and bring him into the light, break the power of darkness over his mind and over his heart, just push back on his behalf.
0: Mm -hmm. There's just a picture to me that's kind of emerging as you're talking, because I think you've got the world's picture of what it means to be a woman mm-hmm. and this kind of feminist ideal mm-hmm. self-sufficient strong able and then you've got in some ways kind of your ultra conservative picture of what mm-hmm. it means to be a wife which mm-hmm. is you stay at home but it's all it's all outward yes you stay at home you raise the kids you keep a good home not that those things aren't in the word of god right. but they are still all outward But what you're talking about is being God-like, which is all interior.
1: It's very interior, and it's very selfless. You lose your life. Mm -hmm. But if you're on the outside looking in, that sounds dreadful. But there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. That Mm -hmm. is a very true line from a hymn. And yeah, I don't disparage a woman who stays at home to raise the children and do all that is a very It's a noble, mm. noble thing. And I love those women who love their children enough to keep them separated and to model to their family mm-hmm. what being a godly woman looks like. Well, the best model I have ever seen are those mothers who are in their prayer closet interceding that is how you model Christianity.
0: Okay, okay, this is really good, because this is definitely touching on something that I wanted to bring out with you, this idea of what it means to be a godly wife, and I guess we could also think in terms of being a godly mother. What should a woman be aiming at?
1: What I talked a lot about in my book and in messages I've given and talks and stuff is what the Lord is doing in the midst of the sexual sin. And I realize that that's not the point of this particular segment that we're doing, but it's a big deal, and I think that's why most women are listening. So, (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Um, What he is doing is he's exposing in us as we go through this what's in us. And um, hopefully we're finding out more of who he is and what he is like. I have always believed, from a very early age, I believe that although sexual sin is not the will of God, definitely not his will or his design, he uses it in a very big way in our lives. And women can have sinful attitudes Mm. that will really mess things up. And Proverbs 14 says, a wise woman will build her house, but a foolish one will tear it down with her own hands. And I have had my fill of women who are rebellious, demanding, selfish women who love themselves more than they love anybody else. And they feel they have the right to certain attitudes, to protect themselves, to defend themselves, to, yeah, just this whole thing. Mm. Me-first sort of a mentality. Um, Mm. And (laughs) I've said this to women before in person, that if your husband would be happier in any other home than his own, not because of sexual sin, but because of the constant needling, nagging, demanding discontentedness that he is experiencing in his own home, she is tearing her house down. And that is a real thing. I know that a lot of the people that will listen to this probably don't fit into that category, but I through the years of counseling, that is a big deal, but we don't see ourselves that way. We feel very justified in our expectations.
0: Mm.
1: You know, and there's a there is a point of a wife should have expectations, but we have to be so careful. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we just have to be very careful about what is in us. And I know a lot of the women, again, that I have dealt with and talked to, I'm dealing with several right now, and they want the Lord and they see his hand in this and they see what's in them. And it's a joy to work with them, even though their hearts are broken. It's a joy to work with them because you know that there's hope for them, not in their husband, but in Their walk with Jesus. And so it's, I really do appreciate a woman who's willing to box her way out of this ring. So, (laughs) in the right way, Mm -hmm. there are no disclaimers in the Bible for ungodly behavior when we're suffering. The only thing I can find about our attitude is to endure it patiently and that we should wait. (laughs) None of the stuff we want to do, we don't want to wait. And we certainly don't want to be patient. Um, We want answers now. This all feels so hollow and so empty and so like discouraging to hear this kind of stuff that we need to just keep praying, keep waiting, keep believing. When your heart is broken, you want something right now. But I feel like what we need to do, what is important for us as a godly woman. Is learn how, and this again, it's just I get so tired of saying this stuff because I feel like some people just don't understand this concept. But if we don't submit to the suffering at some level, I'm not saying to abuse, I'm not saying to, you know, violence or anything like mm-hmm. that, but the struggle, the suffering, if we don't learn how to come down under it, mm we're hardening ourselves. Again, I keep going back to the Word of God. If you look at the Word of God, suffering is woven throughout Mm -hmm. the New Testament and the Old Testament and how to deal with it. And it's in there because this life is full of suffering.
0: Man, I really appreciate your perspective because it's very rich. And I'm hoping that Women's hearts are open to what you're saying and not shutting you out because of the pain that they're experiencing. Um, I'd like to cycle back around to something that we started to touch on before, which was that even though the Bible doesn't have tons of specific instruction to wives, it does have a lot to say about being godly. Could you give some examples of that?
1: Well, being a biblical wife is not easy. Um... It is not easy. It is very difficult to be a biblical wife. And I don't mean just a quote-unquote Christian wife, <laughs> right? but a biblical wife. Mm. Um, in my own life, I'm still learning how to do that. My personality and what makes me me falls so short of the ideal of what is laid out in Scripture, and that's the constant challenge. Is I see... My failure, I see my weakness as a wife, as a Christian, as a leader in this ministry. I just it's in my face all the time, but it's also my challenge and my desire to to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, getting saved is just the beginning of this process. We are in the process of being saved. Mm-hmm. We get saved and we come into the kingdom, but we are being saved mm-hmm. and coming out of a world mindset or the world's mindset, Um, we've entered into a different kingdom, and the principles and the values are so vastly different there. And it's a painful process going from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It's glorious in the beginning, but that journey (sighs) is a painful, painful journey. Um, Mm. You can be, quote-unquote, separated from the world in the outward stuff Mm -hmm. easily enough. But I find that the world's mindset, the mind of the spirit of this age, is the hardest thing to overcome. So, for us women who have been so hurt by our husband's sexual sin, our reaction to pain and suffering and injustice in our natural self is mm-hmm. to retaliate and to get mad and to demand our rights, and to fight for our cause. But that is exactly what the world does. We don't look much different at all than an unsaved woman who found out her husband's in sexual sin. I don't mean to be pointing my finger or you know condemning anybody for that reaction. That is totally a natural mm-hmm. response. It mm-hmm. is totally natural. Um, and if you look at Jesus' life... Which really, that's where we get centered at. It it helps us to come out of, or at least see the spirit of the world playing out in our minds, to look at his life. He is our example. (laughs) And look at the attitudes he had to deal with in the disciples. Um, You get a very clear picture of the worldly-mindedness that they were in. Um,
0: Mm -hmm. But
1: Jesus was showing them very patiently— his interior world, and what being his follower should look like. And the humility and lowliness of his heart, which is antithesis to the spirit of this world, that that's where we get off um, as women. One of the main characteristics of a godly Christian, woman or man, is humility. And if we're not humble, it's hard to be broken. It's hard to repent, and it's hard to forgive. You've got to start with humility. And I think that's why Jesus made such a big deal of it. And he was himself lowliness personified. Um, Some other things. Gratitude, (laughs) you know? How are you supposed to be grateful? How am I supposed to be grateful, Lord, with this man who has Mm. just blown up everything? Mm -hmm. But that is What's there? Mm -hmm. It's in the New Testament. And those things are written again to people who are under tremendous persecution and suffering.
0: Can we talk about maybe just some of the character traits that you mentioned of godliness? Like, why is it that a woman has to learn to live in the spirit of forgiveness if she wants to be godly?
1: Because that's the spirit Jesus is in. Do we want to be godly, right? Godlike. That's the spirit that he is in, always. He doesn't stop that. That doesn't stop, ever. It's an atmosphere. It's a spirit. It's like the spirit of, what was some of the other things? Um, gratitude. You know, you don't have gratitude on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> You're grateful.
0: Mm-hmm. You're just
1: a grateful person. You develop, you cultivate that. You cultivate thankfulness. You cultivate generosity, you cultivate selflessness. It's not something that you just get when you get you don't you don't get any of that. you get the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. but you even have to cultivate him mm-hmm. in your life. It's not just a deposit that's put into you and you just are like you know on autopilot. whoever said being a Christian is for weaklings and that Christianity is a crutch is crazy. I don't know who that person was that ever said that, but that is the furthest thing from the truth. It takes a very noble character to do this thing right, Mm. to walk with God right. And I don't mean to infer that I'm doing it right because I fail constantly, but you have to cultivate the spirit of forgiveness, a humble heart, a thankful heart, a heart of gratitude a prayerful spirit. You have to cultivate those things. So mm-hmm. we're growing up into Christ, into the full measure and full stature of who mm-hmm. he is. He is the model.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually talking to a guy the other day because he had, he'd had had a pretty rough night, just like a lot of lust, and he mm-hmm. was confessing that to me. Mm-hmm. And he had actually like completely resisted, but he just felt so wrong to Mm. even have those desires. Mm. And I just asked him, what do you think God is like toward you this morning? Mm. Because he felt so beaten down. And I I looked at him, I said, I know he's proud.
1: Yeah, he's very pleased.
0: Because a year ago, you just were giving into this kind of thing. Mm. And now you're Suffering through this struggle, so, fighting against man. your flesh, you know, and I know God is proud of you.
1: It's precious to God. That's what I love to hear that stuff because I mean, I don't love to hear that he feels discouraged at the end of that battle, but it is those struggles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's where Jesus is being formed in us. I really believe that all this hardship, all the battles, all the struggles these women go through, just man, I tell you. I, my natural self, my natural gifting is mercy. What I want to do is rescue. You know, I want to get in there and I want to yank them out of this mess. I want to beat that sucker over that for being so, <laughs> so ugly to his wife. That's, That's what I'm yeah, like. You. That's yeah. me. But what God is like is what he's looking for is the willingness to battle that. To not give over to that, but to battle that. And that is an excellent, excellent illustration of what I'm talking about, what it's like to walk with God. You know, when I got saved, this was told to me. I've heard people say, whoever told you when you got saved that Jesus is going to make everything better, that is exactly what was told to me. He's going to, your life is going to be awesome. Not
0: as soon as I came
1: into the kingdom, I got thrust into battle uh-huh. immediately after I got saved yeah you know, I had gave a message years ago on tested faith that is so precious to God that we are going through that process that we are the struggle mm-hmm. is so valuable he sees it right we don't mm. he does and that's why he can say that it's precious to him
0: mm. yeah so I guess with all of the things that you talked about you talked about gratitude submission, forgiveness um, respect you talked about all of those and I guess the you know the big takeaway for I think these women is just that this isn't just going to happen Mm-mm. that there has to be a pushing back against our fleshly tendencies to fight to have Jesus formed in us
1: yeah and it's it's very kind of discouraging, you know. I'm I know that a lot of young women will hear this, and they're just they're raising children and they're exhausted, you know. And that thought, the thought that I have to fight for a life in God in the midst of what I'm going through, it can be very discouraging. But <clears throat> I just want to leave this with whoever's listening that needs to hear this. If you're weak and struggling and not doing well spiritually it's because you're not praying probably and when i say i don't i wish there was a different word i wish i could use a different word rather than prayer because that's become almost a dirty word in the church i hate to say that but that is how it is viewed it's like well pff, prayer whatever what what else can you give me that's going to help me get mm, through this you know mm. that's kind of how it's viewed but i'm telling you what girls <laughs> It is the thing that will change the course of your life, your children's lives, and probably your husband's life. But you have to go into it believing. You have to understand what the Bible is saying. You know, we are so shallow. We're shallow with the Bible. Read and study and pray what God has said about prayer. What he has given us, what he has put into our hands, we have the word of the living God. But it's become so common to us that it's cheap. It's like, give me something else, something I can get a hold of. Well, that is the thing, and that's all I have to give you. But it's the thing that you need. It is the very thing you need. So if you're weak spiritually, if you're grappling, and just grappling is not even the right word. If you're just like falling down spiritually, it's because you are not praying. Because the Lord meets us when we are praying. He comes to us. It's not instant gratification necessarily, but it's a building up, a reservoir is being built inside that you will see it if you give time and energy to that. You will find the result. But that's not even the goal. The goal is, God, transform me into the image of Christ. And He does. Mm. He absolutely does that.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's you basically have just said I think throughout the entire thing that Christ likeness is the secret to mm-hmm. a good marriage. And you know, not even that because I think it again sometimes we can be really shallow like we see, "Oh, okay, if I'm like Jesus then I'll get everything that I want." Oh, yeah. Which
1: It's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> is
0: not that and I know that's not what you're saying. <sighs> Because, you know, when you look at the life of Jesus, when you take a deep look at his life, you realize that this man had such a perspective about what this life was for mm-hmm. and where things were going. That his life really, when you consider it in terms of results, was very, very... Um,
1: Uneventful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he did all these amazing things for people, and most of them just wrote him off. Mm -hmm. Once he didn't really give them what they wanted, then they turned against him. His disciples were basically mostly clueless as to what he was really aiming at. Mm -hmm. And even after he rose from the dead, they really didn't even expect that. It's like, wow, you're back, you know? Yeah, they were surprised. Yeah, they were surprised because they really didn't believe. So in terms of results, his life was kind of a disappointment. But when you see it through the eyes of faith, you realize that something more eternal, more... Me- <laughs> you can't measure the life of Jesus. You can't measure the impact that he had.
1: That's right. You can't. But And look at it for 2,000 years, what all that he did... In those 33 years on earth, look at the fruit. Yeah, But it was over a very long period of time. And the goal for God is not, um, he's just not in a big old hurry. (laughs) You know, he just, he really is not. And he is very loving. He's so patient. He's so humble. And he is looking at things from an eternal perspective.
0: That's it for this episode. If you've never read Kathy Gallagher's book, When His Secret Sin Breaks Your Heart, Letters to Hurting Wives, I at least wanted to mention it here. It's compelling, it's compassionate, it's biblical, and it will give you solid counsel on a wide range of issues. But most importantly, it will direct you to the only true source of hope, Jesus. We hope you'll come back next week as we continue our new series, Refined as Silver. Thanks again for listening to Purity for Life. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also, check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.